Y'all get ready to put y'all up on some guys. Extraordinary time. People have the power. All we have to do is awaken the power in the people. Welcome to the Oracle Frequency Podcast. My name is Brian, and on this episode, we're going to talk about why a Clinton-Sanders 2016 campaign is possible and more likely than ever, and essentially why I think that Bernie is the person that Hillary should pick as her running mate if she ends up getting the nomination as it appears that she will. And I've broken this podcast down into three parts, uh, basically my top three reasons why she should pick Bernie. And those reasons are party unity, the excitement that he would bring to her campaign. And then the third actually branches out into different categories itself, but it's the email scandal that she's involved with and the FBI investigation and the possibility of a federal indictment. Now, what most people don't realize is that depending on when that indictment occurs could actually change quite a bit in this general election. And we'll get to that in just a minute, but first I want to go back and kind of look at how we've gotten here and where Hillary's VP, uh, the talks are going with her. So Bernie Sanders a year ago was polling at, you know, two, three, five percent up until the times of the debates. And even then he was at the 10 or 12 range and he just kept climbing, kept climbing to where we've got, what, seven, eight, 10 states left to go, about two or three weeks left in the primary season. And at the end of the day, it looks like Bernie's going to win about half the states in the country. He's not going to be that far behind her in pledge delegates. And where she leads him by a lot is actually in the superdelegates. And most of those people had pledged their vote, their superdelegate vote to Hillary long before Bernie got his momentum or even won uh, the first state during the primary season. So it is possible that if Bernie closes this thing out really strong, does well in California, does well on the 7th, um, and makes it close, that he could get this within 100, 150 delegates, uh, this is pledged delegates coming from the states, and have a relatively good argument going into the convention on why superdelegates should vote for him. Now with that said, I don't think it's going to help him very much because the people that have pledged to Hillary that are superdelegates are very loyal to her. They are deep establishment people, and about half the people now who are superdelegates actually have pledged to Hillary when they knew Bernie was her opponent. So they had to make a decision, and they made the decision Hillary over Bernie, whether we like it or not. It's the same thing with the Democratic National Committee. Most of their people have sided with Hillary. I believe with superdelegates and the DNC, it's about 90-95% of all the people have sided uh, their superdelegate vote with, with Hillary over Bernie. So even though there's 120-something remaining out there, there's just not a lot to catch up if you're Bernie. He's going to have to actually take two, three, four hundred delegates, superdelegates from her uh, at the first roll call to keep her from winning and then have and hopefully have enough himself. But the chances of this happening are just lower and lower, basically, the closer we get to the end of this. And as a disclaimer, I'm a Bernie supporter. I'm a Bernie voter. I put my name in the hat to be a alternate or at large Bernie delegate from Florida, and I wasn't picked, unfortunately, but I reached out to the campaign and I reached out to the local Bernie people and tried to get my name drummed up a little bit so I could get to Philadelphia and be part of this. But, uh, you know, just as a disclaimer, I want Bernie to win. So if there's any way that he can possibly do this, um, 
you know, if he can win 90% of the vote in the next, you know, 10 states, he would do it. I mean, it's possible in that regard. It's very, very unlikely. I mean, even if he wins 70% in California, he's still going to end up 100 delegates short and be way down in superdelegates. So odds are that Hillary will be the nominee, but there's a couple things that could stop that. And, and one of those is the indictment. Now, personally, from what I've seen, you know, you have a lot of bias on either side. Hillary people that don't think that the email scandal is important or relevant or she could get in trouble for it or be indicted for it. And then you have Republicans that have been rooting for something to go wrong ever since Obama got in and ever since, you know, anybody tied to Obama or anybody, any Democrat, basically, they're just, they're looking for a scandal. And whether it was Benghazi or whether it was the birth certificate with Obama or uh, the IRS scandal or any of these, they never, they never come to fruition. They never seem like they, they, they never find anything when they do these investigations, but they've been trying to pin something on Democrats for a long time. And, you know, Hillary and the Clintons are one of the biggest targets that the right has. So they've been a little biased in their hatred towards her because they don't like her to begin with. So this is just, you know, this is just feeding their fire of why she's so bad. So I don't think there's a big, you know, shift. I don't think you have a lot of Republicans who liked her who are now not because of the email thing. And I don't think that a lot of Democrats, I mean, Bernie supporters have gone away from her, but I don't think that at the end of the day, she's going to lose that many Democrats, you know, because she's running against Donald Trump. But <clears throat> what could end up happening is if she is indicted, well, let me, let me say first, I don't think she'll be indicted because I think that the emails on her server have been retroactively classified and that so far we haven't heard of any that were actually labeled classified on her server. And that is where the fine print of the law is going to come into play. Because it may not have been smart for her to have the emails in her bathroom or basement or wherever, they, you know, the server in her house. It may not have been smart for her to use the private email server and, you know, email. But she, mis, you know, mismanagement or poor decisions itself are not always crimes. Sometimes they are. But like Lois Lerner with the IRS case, they said, you know, that she wasn't guilty of a crime, but she was guilty of poor judgment and mismanagement. And I think that's kind of where it's going with Hillary. I think the classification system in the U.S. is a little sketchy right now where some departments over-classify or under-classify, uh, but when, when documents go between all of them, it gets kind of sketchy sometimes. And this has been said with Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell and other secretaries of state prior to Clinton and, and other people in other departments, uh, heads of other departments. So this classification system is a problem, and, and luckily the Clinton case is bringing that to light, so in the future we won't have these problems. But I don't think that as of today, if we just look at what we know without biases, she wouldn't be going to jail, she wouldn't be facing an indictment. Now, if the FBI investigators found some stuff that hasn't been released to the public that we don't know about, even one email marked classified that was sent to her classified and then she sent to somebody or just was on that server, one email, all it takes that wasn't retroactively classified, then she will be indicted. Now, where this gets interesting is if she gets indicted after she's the nominee, meaning she gets the votes she needs at the convention, the convention deems her the Democratic nominee for president in the general election, and then any time after that before the election, she gets indicted, 
there's two there's two scenarios. First of all, she's not required to drop out just because she's indicted. If she chooses to stay in as the nominee, she's probably going to lose quite a few votes. It's going to be much tougher for her to win an election being indicted at the time. And if she does win, within the following year, she's probably going to be forced to either uh, resign or possibly be impeached if she's found guilty. So the vice president at that time, if she is the nominee, announces her vice president and stays in the race, and then is found guilty, that vice president will be the next president of the United States, essentially. Hillary would be for a few months to a year, and then the next person would take over. So if Bernie was the nominee, if anybody was the nominee, they would be that person. So there's an option that, you know, even though I and I don't think most Democrats want to see her indicted or hope she didn't, you know, commit the crimes that have been uh, alleged against her, if she did, having Bernie as a VP is one way to get Bernie into the White House. Now, the other scenario is she could drop out. People close to her campaign have said various times during this election cycle that if she were to be indicted, that she probably would actually drop out of the race. So we're talking about her clinching the nomination in Philadelphia, then being indicted, and instead of going ahead and running, she drops out at that point. If that scenario plays out, then the Democratic National Committee becomes the group who picks the Democratic candidate to be in the general election. And there's a good chance since Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the people of the DNC who haven't been very nice to Bernie and they've been bickering back and forth during this, uh, this campaign season, there's a really good chance that they're not going to take Bernie out of a, a group of people that they pull out of a hat. Joe Biden at that point becomes the strongest candidate and probably would get more votes in the DNC who would be deciding this than someone like Bernie Sanders. Even if he was close and had run the whole campaign season and Biden decided not to, when it comes down to those 500 or so people, those people in that room are going to vote Biden over Sanders, whether we like it or not. Now, if she has announced that Bernie was her vice president or anybody is her vice president, <clears throat> then that person, if she drops out, will be the de facto leader or the de facto nominee. And it doesn't mean that the DNC actually has to support them, but it would have put enormous pressure on them to follow up with who their candidate uh, had put as their vice president. So basically, she gets the nomination in Philadelphia, she drops out, Bernie has been named the vice president. At that point, he will probably have more power with the DNC than any other scenario. And that's another way he could be the nominee on the ticket and still not win when they go to the, nom the, the convention, not be ahead or, or get the nomination at the convention, let's say. And then there's another scenario. The other scenario is that she gets indicted before the convention. So let's say we go through California on June 7th, the last day. I think they have D.C. like is the 10th or a couple days later. But let's say Hillary clinches it and she's uh, going to be the nominee. She's got enough assumingly superdelegates and pledge delegates. And sometime in that month, two-month period between June 7th and the last week of July for the Democratic Convention, some week between then, she gets indicted. Well, the same things apply, but it's a little bit different. The same things apply as she could drop out or stay in the race, just like if it was after. She's in, under no obligation to drop out. But if she does drop out, like it's been rumored, 
then there's a good chance that Bernie goes to the convention and some people could switch over to Bernie and he could get the nomination first ballot. Uh, or even second ballot if nobody got it on the first. It would actually be technically a Democratic brokered convention at that point, but uh, Bernie could still win in that scenario. Now the problem is, is superdelegates for Bernie again. Because Hillary, if she drops out, can release her delegates to someone. So she could release her delegates to Joe Biden, and then the superdelegates are going to be in line with the establishment and go to where Hillary's people went, and essentially, Bernie could show up just shy of having the delegates needed. And Hillary could just throw all her delegates to another person, and that person could get the votes and go right into it without even having to campaign or go through a primary season or anything. Now, those are the scenarios that could play out if she's indicted or not and when she's indicted or not. And obviously, those are all big, important issues and, and things to look at. And like I said, I would put it at a 20-30% chance that it happens, maybe less. I really don't think she'll be indicted. But that possibility is there, and it would be nice to have Bernie on as a VP nominee early. The earlier the better, because that's going to give him more leverage if something happens to her later. You see what I'm saying? Now, the other things that I was going to talk about kind of relate to this, uh, uh, the same thing, but the party has been divided. The Democratic Party has been divided just like the Republican Party has been divided in this cycle. You've got the, the left and the far left and the right and the far right. You've got the young versus the old. Um, you've got various demographics uh, going against each other. You've got someone like Hillary Clinton who would have been considered a liberal or a progressive as recent as five or ten years ago. And now she is not liberal or progressive at all according to the new left. And so I'm kind of in the middle of those two groups where I want Bernie to win. He's my guy. He stands for the things I believe in. But Hillary is the bridge to that. Uh, Donald Trump is not even near the things I want to see in the country. Hillary isn't too far behind, or she is at least the bridge to a Bernie Sanders. I always figured a Bernie Sanders candidate was coming, but it would be years down the road, and we'd keep having the Obama and the Hillary, and the, you know we'd get gay rights, and pot would be legalized, and some liberal and progressive issues would happen, and the world would keep becoming more peaceful because that's, that's what's happened throughout history. The chances of dying at the hands of another person are less than they've ever been, and uh, <clears throat> violent crime is down to the lowest point that it's ever been in the United States since they've been tracking it in the 60s. So while there still is crime and there still are wars and bad people, it's progressively getting more peaceful and better. And so I just, you know, figured that bridge of time, eventually we were going to get to the Bernie candidate. Now, if we can have him tomorrow, I'm thrilled. That's who I voted for. That's what I want to see. But quick change scares people. Doesn't scare me. I'm, I'm for it. And I think we can have a quality tomorrow. If we figure out we're doing something wrong today, we should fix it tomorrow. We shouldn't wait and do it slowly if we know that we're, you know, morally doing things wrong or, you know, something to that ex extent. We don't need to wait on history, we, we can make it happen quickly. But the conservative movement and conservatives in general are very against that. They like slow progression over time to a point where it doesn't even really seem like progression. And so when you start talking Bernie Sanders, that scares them. That scares them a lot. But uh, <clears throat> back to the Democratic Party being divided. Bernie's run a pretty clean campaign until later in the election cycle, until later in the primary season. There were very few attacks. They stuck primarily to policy issues. The Democratic debates were amazing to watch compared to the Republicans, where the Republicans were like a clown show and a reality show. 
the Democrats were kind of boring because they were talking about substance. But in those debates, Bernie seemed to get Hillary on the policy issues and uh, have better answers that the crowd and the public seemed to relate to a little better. Um, and throughout the course of, of having such a good candidate like Bernie arise, it's actually divided the party. And so what better than to bring in Bernie as your vice president to help patch that? And, you know, you have this Bernie or bust movement that's out there, and who knows how big it is. I mean, in, in reality, I've seen polling that says between 12 and 17% of Bernie supporters won't vote for Hillary, but between 12 and 17% of Republicans won't also vote for Trump. So both candidates, Trump or Hillary, both very unliked, but both are going to lose about the same amount of their own party to the other party or to an independent. And obviously, if it's just a few um, percentage points different, that could change a lot. But it's not looking that that's going to be the case. The thing that is damaging is if <clears throat> Bernie comes in second, Hillary wins fair and square, and then Hillary becomes indicted and they hand it to someone else, not Bernie, who has done the work, the groundwork, put in the time, got the votes, had a populist movement, unlike almost anything we've seen in American politics, and then to be shut out again would actually sever the Democratic Party in a way that I don't think could be fixed. Right now, you know, even though it's a highly contested, heated battle between two worthy candidates that have some different differences of opinion, even though that's the case now, at the end of the day, most Democrats, most Bernie supporters, and most Hillary supporters agree on the core issues, and they agree more with either the person they don't support on the Democrat side than they do with Donald Trump. So a Bernie supporter usually agrees mostly with Hillary and less with Trump. I mean, everybody's different, but if we're talking large-scale averages, that's, that's what the polling shows, that's what the general feel is, um, and that's what we've seen in the past. So there's really no reason to think anything's too different um, as far as that. And in 2008, 80% of Hillary po uh, voters were polled by CNN, and they said they would not vote for Barack Obama under any circumstance. And then the opposite happened. 80% of them did vote for Barack Obama. So only 20% said they would, and 80% ended up doing it. So bringing the party together, that's, that's a very important uh, message right now. And with the Republicans being so divided, if you can unite the party, then you've got a huge advantage over, over the other side. Um, like I was saying with the Bernie or bust people, I think that movement's ridiculous anyway because of the similarities that Bernie and Hillary supporters have with each other. But if Bernie becomes the VP for Hillary, if she chooses him as the vice president, and you're a Bernie or bust person, are you not going to vote for Hillary now? even though she took your guy as the second most powerful person in the world, as the VP? I mean, if Bernie's the, the vice president nominee, are Bernie or bust people really not going to show up, or are they really going to vote for Trump or, you know, Gary Johnson or something over the guy that they've been saying needs to be president? Because by, by her making him the VP nominee early, there's a chance he could still become president. Now, Bernie's going to probably be too old to run again, and if Hillary wins, she'll be the incumbent. So, you know, this is pretty much his shot. And if you really want to see Bernie's philosophies and him be the president, then you need to uh, try to get him as much, you know, get the party united, get him on the ticket in some form. And so I just don't see, I think it would be a brilliant strategy by the Clinton team to bring on the second place Democrat, bring on Bernie. And that would lead into my third point, which is the excitement of it. Now, as of right now, uh, 
the people that Hillary has been linked as, you know, possibly naming as her vice president are uh, former uh, Virginia Senator Tim Kaine. I guess he's a, he's a, still a senator. Um, then uh, former congressman and now Senator Sherrod Brown of Ohio and uh, Julian Castro. Now, while all three of those are good names, and she's also said that she would put a woman in the hat, there's going to be a woman in the, in the final list of VP candidates. We just don't know who yet. Some people say Elizabeth Warren. I, I love Elizabeth Warren. I just don't think that's going to be Hillary's pick. I think that's a great pick for Bernie if he were to win outright, but not for Hillary. <clears throat> now, Sherrod Brown is interesting because he's from Ohio, and he could help secure that swing state, and he's a pretty liked guy. Um, but I don't think Tim Kaine or Sherrod Brown or Castro really brings a lot of excitement to the campaign, excitement to the ticket. I don't think more people come out. I don't think you get, you know, like Sherrod Brown in Ohio, you may be able to get a couple swing votes in the swing state, and that's important. But I don't think in this election with the divisiveness between Latinos and Hispanics and the Republican Party, I don't think Castro is going to pull a bunch more Latino votes than anybody else would as vice president. And I think he's still the future of the party. I think he's just not the future now. He's still a name that's going to be around. He's going to do big things in politics for Democrats. But I don't think VP is uh, in his short-term resume or going to be in his short-term resume. Um, but Bernie Sanders has had crowds of 20, 30, 40,000 people in multiple states. He's gone from 3% where nobody thought he had a chance to having this populist movement of young people that is probably, you know, equals Trump at least on excitement level from the grassroots people that are involved in the movement. So what a great thing for the Democrats to bring that on board and not lose that because a lot of those people are your former Obama voters uh, or first-time voters, and the Democratic Party's playing with fire because if they alienate those young voters who, who are, are putting their first time or second vote into a party and they screw them over and they, they pass over their candidate and they feel it's been rigged already, even though it, you know that's debatable in itself. But if you pass over Bernie and then you just give it to Biden or Bernie becomes no part of this whatsoever and it just goes on without him, you're going to have a lot of frustrated Democrats. And I just don't know if you're going to be able to fix that fracture. And uh, we may be moving towards European-style politics where you have three, four, five different parties, where you have a left and a far left and a right and a far right and a center. Um, you could be moving in that direction, and the House of Representatives and Senate and everything could be up in question, and our whole system of government could be thrown amok. And maybe that's what needs to happen, but it, it could get crazy really quickly. If uh, the Democrats and the progressives and the liberals want to win and begin to move this in the right direction, Hillary will nominate Bernie as her vice president if she gets the nomination. That's the only play here. That is the play that unites the party, excites the base, gets all the Democrats on the same team voting against Donald Trump, and prevents the unlikely upset of a Donald Trump presidency. It completely squashes that. The demographics, the Electoral College, are all favored for the Democrats already, but if you throw Bernie Sanders behind Hillary Clinton... You got it. And like I said, I want Bernie to be the president straight up, but I don't think he's going to be able to get it. And I think that's just the reality. I'm rooting for him. I'm hoping he pulls something out of his hat. But if Hillary becomes a nominee, Bernie supporters need to be trying to get him to become the vice president. Uh, if she asks, he will take it. He's avoided it so far. 
uh, because you don't want to you don't want to say that you'll be someone else's secondhand man. When he's been asked about being vice president to Hillary in the past, he's blown it off and he said, you know, look, I'm trying to be the president, not the vice president. And it doesn't mean he wants to be the vice or wouldn't be the vice or anything. It just means that if you start saying, yeah, I want to be her vice, people aren't going to vote for you to be the president because they start looking at you as a vice president. So up until this point and until we get done with the primary season, Bernie won't say he wants to be the vice or even his name won't even really be thrown out there all that much. But once things... You know, once Hillary gets the nomination, or it looks as though she gets the nomination, it would be in the Democrats and Hillary Clinton and everyone's best interest on the side if she chooses Bernie Sanders to be her vice president. Um, again, she's had this kind of boring, out-of-touch campaign. People don't trust her. Bernie's the most likable candidate out of the three by far. He's the most trusted candidate of three by far. And it would be good. It would just be a good thing to get him on her team. And from a Bernie supporter's view, that gets Bernie's ideas and uh, voice into the White House. You know, the Democratic Party already gave him five uh, seats on the platform committee. Now there's 15 seats and, you know, his people are probably going to lose 10 to 5 on a lot of votes on a lot of issues that they're trying to put into the platform. But at the same time, at least he got that. That's a start. If we can start getting people that uh, think like Bernie, think like Elizabeth Warren, think like possibly Alan Grace, Grayson and other liberals and progressives, if we can get those people elected to, to vice president, to Senate, to the House of Representatives, to state legislators, uh, le- legislations, then that becomes a huge issue moving forward. And that helps the progressive liberal issues quicker, to, you know, to move forward a lot quicker. Uh, like I said, I think Hillary has always been a bridge where it's a slow progression, almost a conservative progression towards what we want. A little faster than conservatives, but Bernie is now. Bernie is the quickness. And uh, if we can't get him as president, and we should keep trying to get him as president, then we should put a lot of pressure on Hillary Clinton if she is to become the nominee to take Bernie as her vice presidential pick. So from the Oracle Frequency, everyone have a nice night. Good weekend. We'll catch you later. Peace.